Hey everyone, welcome to MB Asians. Do you wonder about your career path after MBA? Are you excited yet worried about working in the US? If so, we're here for you. MBA Agents guide you through the crazy MBA world to the workplace by sharing Asian MBA graduate vivid stories and tips. Are you ready? Let's get it! Hey guys, welcome back to MBA Agents. I'm your host, Jacob. And I'm Jay. So today we invite Hiroki Tanaka from Google to our show to share his story with us. So without further ado, let's welcome Hiroki. Hello. Good morning, folks. Hi, Hiroki. How's it going? Not bad. What about you? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm just visiting my friend's home in Atlanta. So I'm not in Ann Arbor, but I love the sunshine here. And this is really like I'm enjoying this sun summer vibe here because and i was still a little bit cold though what about you jacob yeah and I, well it's not it's i think it's become more warmer than before so which is good but compared with california i think it's still probably too cold too cold for you Hiroki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can imagine that how cold it is in another right now yeah i just moved to sunnyvale california last july and i spent the first autumn and winter for me, um, and I pretty enjoy that, <laughs> and enjoy the Asian food as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm MBE. That, yeah, that sounds good. All right, so uh, let's talk about you a little bit more here, okay? So maybe might be our listeners um, curious about who you are or what you did before. So could you tell me about you, like where you're from? Or what did you do before you did your MBA and your what, where, and which MBA school you go? Okay, my name is Hiroki Tanaka. Uh, I was born and raised in Japan, and I worked for infrastructure manufacturing company for six and a half years in supply chain management space in Japan. Uh, I came to the U.S. and studied at University of Michigan Ross School of Business in 2018. Uh, during MBA, I worked for Oracle to develop marketing strategy for supply chain management software for discrete industry as a part of the multidisciplinary action projects, uh, which is called MAP project. And during summer, I worked for Ford to automate the manufacturing pro- uh, planning process for new vehicles and to optimize the resulting plan utilizing machine learning and integer programming. And during the last semester, uh, I worked for Genial Technologies, a venture company to develop the marketing strategy for Optical Character Recognition Cloud product as well. And eventually I graduated MBA um, May 2020 and started to work for Google in July as a program manager until now. That's amazing. Um, you have a lot of uh, working experience, and also you have tried. I heard you say that you're starting as a supply chain management, and then during MBA, you also did a little bit like marketing strategy, and now you're going back to um, program manager. So I was wondering why there's a marketing strategy in in your experience. Is there something you want to try differently, or are you just Exactly. Uh, That's a great question. So obviously, I didn't have 
a lot of experience to let my let myself expose to that marketing field. So in order to have the comprehensive skill set and the ex- business experience for myself, I was willing to work on that marketing program. And as a first step in Oracle, even though the high level function of that internship requires marketing development of the marketing strategies, but the item we are focusing on is supply chain management uh, software. So I can utilize my background, uh, which is supply chain management uh, to that project, as well as learn something new about marketing strategies as well. And another thing I chose to work on the marketing project for the venture company, uh, which is the um, Genial Technology, <clears throat> Genial Technology, is also as myself, um, understanding who is the target customer, what would be the optimal pricing strategy, what kind of marketing channel we should use, are something beneficial for my self-learning if I could develop the um, attractive marketing strategy for the customer. And then, yeah, I think that's a great thing, especially being a student, you get the chance to try a different field that you haven't been before. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the the beauty of um, the MBA, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I truly believe so. Okay, um, so let's talk about the company um, that you're currently working for, which is Google. Mm-hmm. So I think like all of our audience must know about Google. You know, as a consumer, we use Google product pretty much every day um, of our life. You know, from, from like Google search, YouTube, to um, Android smartphone or Google map, etc. But now like you're actually working for Google. So... Is there anything that surprised you? Um, things that you wouldn't know as a consumer? Yes. So first of all, uh, I thought myself familiar with um, most of the Google's product, but there is a, a lot more coming up uh, under developing. So that's one thing that surprised me. Uh, another thing is Google has really strong startup culture. And we don't really require a lot of uh, consensus building, even though we need it, but like the consensus building process goes really fast. And the team member involved in that decision-making are so responsive and react really quickly, even during the work from home period. And because of that, I found that it is really different from where I'm from, uh, which is uh, uh, like Japanese infrastructure manufacture. Um, uh, that's, uh, that's something surprised me. So Hiroki, I think there's so many big tech company in the US. Um, so I want to ask like, what do you think the most difference um, between Google and the other big tech in the US? Yes, so Compared to the uh, the rest of the big tech companies in the US, uh, what I think I could hi- highly focus on, uh, what I could highlight uh, more on Google uh, versus the others would be 
uh, the diversity of the talents uh, and the variety of the products line uh, and providing the services uh, to the across, uh, across the world. And also another thing is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Google has a like short history, a shorter history than uh, the rest of the tech giants. Um, and because of that, um, because of that aspect, I think the the companies value a lot. Uh, uh, sorry, let me rephrase it. Um, so since it's a fast growing company, it has a startup culture still now, and less because of that, like less hierarchical decision making structure. And I found that it, it would be super great uh, to work with high level of like autonomy even though the responsibility uh, become high, uh, but the company has collaborative culture to support each other uh, when they need the help. So that's uh, the feature of the Google culture, uh, which I think uh, more significant than the other tech giant. Yeah, I think this is really fun fact of Google. What I mean is everyone in the world, maybe really many people knows about Google, but it only has a 20 years of culture. Like there are so many companies more than 100 years or 50 years, but not many people knowing about that, knowing about the company, but Google has 20 years and we know their products. We know what they are doing. And I think this is really, it shows how powerful tech companies because they yeah. can really grow faster and they are they are trying to adopt new technology, which is really fantastic place to work. I gotta like I'm I'm really jealous of you right now because you oh, got a job you. there. And yeah. you said you are a program manager there. So I'm a little bit curious about your daily life as a program manager. Like could you a little bit explain what is a program manager in at Google and what are you doing at, in your daily life? So the space where I'm working for Google is around data center. So whatever the stuff uh, deployed on the data centers are the, our items that we are working for, such as machine or rack or storage device or cooling um, devices. And since uh, the one of the pain points that Google has around that data center management is because every time we pursue the cutting edge technology, whatever the high specification devices available, uh, we are willing to adopt it so that we can provide the better services to the customers. Now we uh, the customers' requirements in terms of the the services has been different. Uh, since 20 years ago, previously, we just need um, the capacity for supporting Gmail or Google Map. But now, like different features such as YouTube, which is providing the video services or Google Meet uh, for the interactive like um, meeting, meeting software. And to support that, uh, we need a different uh, combination of the machines. And because of that, our heterogeneity of the data centers components has been increasing. And 
and therefore the utilization of the total of data center management um, is also uh, is also going down. So in order to optimize the utilization of data center, uh, we need to define the policy or strategies based off of the future customers trend and also as well as what would be the te technological devices would be available in the future. Therefore, the optimal strategies uh, for us um, to define what kind of device that we should install by when, or instead, in order to keep the cycle of the um, data center management, uh, sorry, in order to keep the utilization high, we have to decommission the older generation of the technologies. So we have to think about uh, what would be the optimal time or the things to adopt instead, what would be the older generation of the technology that we have to uh, abandon. So by defining the strategy. So that's the space where I'm working for and understanding technical features of the current device and new device and financially and quantify what could be the input and output and therefore what would be the optimal combination of the machine that we should deploy to the data center is the solution where we are looking for. So I'm reaching now to engineering team, what would be the new technology, like a program introduction is happening and when, and at the same time, what could be the uh, technology that we should get rid of uh, by analyzing the financial statement around that space. So it, uh, once we figure out uh, the whole of the big picture of the, the every points of the product life cycle of the data center management, then we bring that proposal uh, to the conference uh, to showcase um, this is a transition plan. And gain, after gaining a consensus, uh, we uh, support the execution plan associated with the proposal with the individual teams. That's a pretty much high level explanation where I'm working for and uh, how I spend every day uh, and with whom I'm working with, working. Yeah, I mean, that's a very detailed explanation, actually. It's very clear um, for people <laughs> who you. don't know the role. Yeah, to me, that's my first time to learn about the role. And um, one thing you mentioned, you worked a lot with engineer to understanding right. like, the technical side of the, um, the, 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 about like the data center. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not sure if you have the engineer background, but if you don't, how did you be able to, you know, talk with the, the engineer? Um, and if you do, is there any tips or tricks that you can share with us? Because I know like working Google, you have to work with engineer a lot. Yeah, before directly answer that question, let me take a step back. So eventually, whatever the job I have to do as a team to diagnose what is the pain points that the Google currently faces. So using the logical uh, 
um, with a lo logical manner, uh, they are understanding what the potential pain points that engineering ha are facing. And once we had better idea around the pain points to justify their pain points with quantifiable manner, uh, then we have to um, gather the data associated with that pain point. Mm -hmm. So that's where the data analytics skill come. Like come. Mm -hmm. And for that uh, space, uh, since I, as you mentioned, I didn't have an engineering background, I couldn't uh, I couldn't write the script, um, but through the MBA, I understood how how to write the code to get the the data uh, from the SQL or the Python to analyze the data and uh, visualize the outcome with Tableau or other um, visualization software. So for that piece. So after MBA, I felt more comfortable to work in that space. But eventually, it's more like a conversation or interaction with engineering team uh, and mm -hmm. analyze, like not with data analysis only, um, but um, using your uh, logical skill. Uh, to diagnose the issue. That, that is the most important feature uh, of our job. So mm. it's a great, if you have the great combination of data analysis and the logical skill, uh, that is sufficient uh, for us to work in that field. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great tip. Um, especially you mentioned about data and analytics skill. I think that's, probably the basic skill for most of the MBAs need to have uh, right. in order to be successful uh, in a career. So uh, I want to ask you about uh, a little more about like the challenges when, when you moving from Japan, now you work in the US um, and, you know, or when you used to work more um, I wouldn't say like the high tech company, but now you're moving to a high tech company space. Um, I wanted to ask you, com comparing your expectation with the reality, because I assuming like before you, you know, start working, you must have some kind of like imagination about, oh, this is gonna look like working in the US or work for Google. But now like you actually working for Google, is there any misconception, um, something that you, you didn't expect it before you joined the company or the industry? That's an interesting question. So I don't know if it's only happening to my company or like an Asian company in general. Uh, in order to determine and execute the certain proposal, we have to go through all the uh, level of the manager. So I have, for example, three more levels of managers above me. Uh, I have to explain uh, to every single manager uh, to get the approval. So in order to do that, I have to develop the deck, develop the document, and explain individually. So it's really time-consuming, manual process. And I thought that was... Uh, um, I thought that was uh, uh, kind of regular pro 
process for all of the companies uh, across the world. Uh, another thing is uh, we time our working hours uh, when you start and when you end your job uh, every day. But within Google, we don't have that. And I was asking my manager, hey, um, how would you measure my performance? And even during the work from home process, uh, I was assuming that manager would be really care about like if you're really working and how many hours you're working every day. So I was willing to provide or like share that data with my manager, but my manager has told me that like he did, um, we don't need that. Like we value um, highly on the performance you made. So um, most of the Googler don't really care about how many hours you're working for, but purely uh, thinking about uh, what would be the outcome uh, out of your daily effort. And uh, towards the point that I mentioned earlier, um, in order to get the approval for certain proposal, the decision-making process is super fast. And I was also assuming um, because of the pandemic, we don't, I don't really, uh, I wasn't able to form the relationship with uh, the team members and nobody knows about me, but that one program manager came towards you and tried to propose something that would be super uh, time consuming to gain the trust and gain the approval. Uh, but what happened to me after started to work for Google, uh, everybody is so collaborative and supportive to my proposal and sharing their souls or materials, uh, whatever available uh, to supplement or justi justify my proposal. So I really appreciate that piece. And that's something that I don't really, ex uh, that's something that I didn't expect prior to the onboarding date. It's really good to hear about all the environment you expect is like all the environment is really good for you. Like, you know, maybe I think my experience in Korea and your experience in Japan would be similar. I never worked in Japan before, but uh, based on my experience that I, I had a conversation with many of Japan friends during the MBA period, I guess our um, working experience would be similar. Like we have to go through many process and hierarchy, which um, which takes a lot of time, but as you mentioned, Google, there is a not that process, which is good for you. And also you are a little bit worried about during the quarantine, like during the work from home, you need to, cause you enter your company last year and you don't have much time to mingling with the employees, but other employees, but you are having really good time. Everyone is supportive. Everyone is really collaborated, which is really good. But I'm wondering, even though everyone is supportive and everyone is collaborative, but as a, because this is your first time to work in US and you're talking about really good things, but I'm wondering you, if there is something difficult to you, like what kind of challenges you might face. Could you share, if, if so, could you share a story or episodes like, 
you think that was a really difficult or a challenge to you? To answer that question, I I could I could explain a hypothetical question looking back to my uh, project where I worked uh, during my MBA uh, MBA life. Um, so if imagine if I were working for uh, a company uh, where we don't really see diversity of like racial diversity, and if you are only Asian, uh, it is no. Let let me stop here because it is sensitive. <laughs> you may be feeling uncomfortable uh, if you are the only person coming from that background, but Google cares a lot about that aspect um, by sharing. Um, but by sharing the knowledge or resources uh, for the diversity and in order to work harmoniously with uh, the people, no matter where they are from, uh, there is a lecture, uh, there is a workshop uh, to, um, to improve the understanding towards the racial diversity or the diversity in terms of the concept or idea. Uh, around the, the business. So I really appreciate that opportunity, not only to be able to understand uh, other culture, uh, but also uh, me as an Asian came to the US uh, uh, at the age of 30s, um, still feel so involved uh, with the community within the Google. Hey, Hiroki, if you are from Japan, uh, this is a community uh, we recommend you to. Um, be, um, no, uh, hey, if you are from Japan, uh, there is a community learning about Japanese culture, uh, learning like you know Japanese language. Would you be able to support that community, or would you be um, comfortable to be a part of the community, or? If you go to the uh, if you go to the community search, uh, you can see a lot of uh, cultural community as well. Uh, not only cultural, but also there is uh, some community focusing on the hobby, uh, like a soccer club, a basketball club. That is really appreciated because otherwise, I even though I have a, a lot of friends. Uh, coming over to Bay Area uh, to work in some tech companies, but I feel I don't really inc uh, include uh, the com uh, the community in Bay Area because otherwise I don't know any other friends. Um, to that point, um, utilizing the the networking uh, within Google uh, with a wide range of the talents coming from the world uh, that makes me feel comfortable uh, to work in Google uh, as well as stay in the US, especially in Bay Area. So that, that is uh, something that I really love to highlight. Well said. Yeah, I totally agree with you because when I'm just imagining myself working in the US, you know, we are international. And this is our first time like studying at MBA and also working in the US. 
So I think the most difficult thing is we don't have much networking or we don't have much friends in this city, in this country. So I think having finding some common area through the community, it could be Japanese community or it could be some hobby community like you mentioned soccer or something like that. I think if company support that clubs or company help you finding some communities you enjoy, that could be a really great thing that we can adapt our service into new life and also quickly adapting the culture in Google or just like, you know, just, just having some good environment surrounding us. I think that's a really good thing. So we talk about some challenges you had, but I'm also wondering about connection between, be, between MBA program and you are working at Google. What I mean is you mentioned a little bit, you, you mentioned about you learned coding and data analyzation and some visual, visualization skill set during the, during your MBA period, which helped you to work, uh, which helped you working in Google as a program manager. But except that, do you think how your MBA experience helped you like landing at Google, landing a, landing a Google or just working, be successful at a Google, like as a program manager? What kind of skill set did you think, do you think you get from the MBA program? So one of the, uh, I have two things. Uh, one is definitely the hard skill, which is data analytic capabilities. So through the University of Michigan MBA program, uh, I learned how to use uh, SQL, uh, Python, and uh, the visualization software. So that's the ability uh, which most of the tech industries are looking for uh, for the candidates uh, from the MBA, um, at least the trend, I think. And through the hands-on experience or the project, uh, which I work on uh, at Ford uh, makes me feel comfortable to be able to manage the data and identify the optimal solution out of that insight. So that's the one thing uh, I really appreciate it to, uh, for uh, the learning experience from MBA. Another thing is a wide range of the t- uh, teammates and the people coming from a lot of countries uh, like understanding and uh, their thoughts and interacting with them is really precious experience for me. Um, from private aspect, we had a program going to uh, going abroad for uh, and spend with a bunch of folks for ten days to fourteen days, and uh, I went to Egypt and Jordan or. Uh, Peru uh, with the team members and even during the process uh, I learned uh, different industries that our folks came from I didn't know much about the investment bank or financial space or marketing space but having the casual conversation hey how have you been through uh, prior to MBA what would be nice or, or what things you hate or so pros and cons around industry uh, from the person. So I really appreciate that forming the casual 
relationship across the, a lot of uh, people coming from different fields and understanding better uh, career paths for myself to which direction I should go. Uh, because prior to MBA, I just had a experience around supply chain management. What would be the experience in the future after MBA if I were able to work for uh, different sectors? It, would that be helpful or like enjoyable for myself? So because of that network, I could ask myself the better question with more rich resources and uh, experience from the others. So that's another thing I really, uh, I, I was really glad, uh, glad to have it. Yeah, everything you just said totally resonate. Um, but only one thing that we didn't get to travel that much. We didn't go to oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Even now, like I wish I could go to abroad and I that that is a highlight. Um, one of the highlights the MBA program provides to the yeah. students. But like but the, you know, is, the net yeah. uh, the network's mm-hmm. still active even after graduation. We still interact on group me or uh, we no no what, what's that? Uh, yeah oh, yeah um, we interact with group me or Facebook community mm. and we yeah. are posting uh, how you spend the Christmas Halloween or like a New Year's and mm. hey uh, if you have any chance to visit my country or my place please let me know that sort of conversation is happening. So after the pandemic, I believe that like as long as I have an opportunity, I will reach out to my teammates or classmates uh, to meet up together. And that'll be really helpful for you as a traveler. And hope that is happening yeah, to mean, you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm totally agree. I'm just kidding about the, the travel part. Uh, but yeah, the sure. good thing is everything is getting better now. and. I think soon you can, you know, people can start travel again. And like you just mentioned, I think MBA is not like the, the networking, not just going to stick in the MBA period. It's going to extend to like the entire of your life. So you can Absolutely. definitely use that um, for sure. So, yeah. So you, you say a lot of good things about MBA. And I assuming that if you get another chance to start over, you will still do your MBA. Um, unless you think otherwise? Hmm. Uh, the answer is, yes, I will pursue MBA <laughs> once again. I think because probably most of the people uh, might think, so if, even if you invest yourself, engage an MBA program for two years by paying the high amount of the educational cost, and if you couldn't get paid off, like, not having the the good opportunity in your like the career step after graduation uh i think if i were not able to gain my dream job but i would still feel uh i would appreciate that experience uh whatever i have gone through for two years uh as i mentioned earlier um 
I found myself had a lot of growth, uh, not only by learning uh, what I have what I have not learned before, but also by interacting the people. And through MBA program, I gained amazing network with wonderful classmates and enjoy a lot of things uh, such as track or hands-on project. And considering the community is still active, I think that's the value uh, that I could take from the MBA, uh, except for the uh, developing your career path, which is the the, the post MBA position. Um, I uh, without that um, without that fu- function, um, I I learned a lot of things from my classmates um, from the business aspects. Uh, as well as uh, the private aspects, so I I would say yes, I will pursue MBA uh, if I go back to uh, the past, and I would even recommend this to my friends or the future kids if I had. <laughs> I think that's a good point. You know, when people think about MBA program, it's maybe ninety percent of people will say it's kind of getting a job program because through the MBA program, some people can switch their, change their career and some people getting a more better job in terms of like uh, getting more money. But I, I totally agree that we, we can get a lot of interpersonal skill sets through this MBA program. And there are many things, many values we can get, such as, just listening to other um, other industry other industries people like for example I also don't have any interest about consulting or investment banking but I got many friends here and now I can say I not totally understand that industry but still have some basic knowledge about the industry what's the role of that industry which is really great for me because I'm a little bit when I was in Korea I think, I'm always thinking about my job, my industry, but not the other area. So I can broaden my perspectives and views, how I can see the world. I think that's a really good thing about MBA program. So our last question. Yes. Do you... um, do you want to give to our listeners some tips, like if they want to join Google for their post-MBA career path or whatever general tips for like the same status with us, like international employees in the United States? All right. Um, this would be for interview, a coffee chat or a networking event. I guess it would be helpful to keep dialogue more interactive between you and interviewers and make it resonating with the interviewer's needs. Uh, Of course, some interviewers may try to find your skill or experience that would be helpful for solving the issues that the team faces right now. But if you spend too much time on talking about the certain aspect or highlights, which may not necessarily be helpful for the team, that would be sad. So First, understanding your resume inside and out and prepare to explain the example outside of the resume that you haven't been able to incorporate into the bullet point 
uh, on the resume so that you can highlight it as an interviewer once you do. So having that uh, smooth conversation with uh, interviewers, understanding what they want, uh, want from you, and by taking a look at the reaction of the interviewers, uh, oh, this is a skill that this interviewers wants to hear more from you. And, and if you find that uh, with any clues uh, from the dialogue that you are having, then highlighting that aspects more. Or you can widely, um, briefly, uh, widely and briefly talk about um, the multiple skill sets or experience and highlighting uh, to the selective items uh, or the experience you want to highlight, and which also um, the interviewer is looking into. So keep it. Uh, keep the interview more kind of dialogue or interactive manner uh, is something important. And for me, it's really difficult uh, even now. Uh, no. <laughs> for me, it, it is the most uh, difficult things to uh, achieve during the interview. But I think um, this is the most important. Uh, this is the most important aspect that you may want to pursue uh, on preparation of interview. Ah, uh, that's a really great piece of tip. You know, making conversation is we do conversation every day, but whenever we have an interview, it's so hard make it conversational cuz maybe uh, maybe it's like I prepare too much so it sounds robotic or this is our second language. So sometimes when I have an interview just I am not doing conversation, but just I am selling myself and just saying something that I memorized. So I I got the same tip from my friends, like just make it conversation. I think this is a really good thing. So Hiroki, thank you. We we really appreciate your time today and thank you for being on Guest MBA Agents. Thank you for having me. Today's show was with Hiroki Tanaka, a program manager at Google. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. You can find us through all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. New episodes come out every Tuesday, U.S. time. Subscribe to our podcast, follow us on NBA Gens on Instagram, Facebook, and please share with it your friends. Stay tuned and see you next week.